Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Joining us now is a dear friend of mine for many, many years, Matt Mandel, who has done many things to benefit the community of Westport and Norwalk, where I live, including saving lots of acres as open space and fighting the good fight as an activist for environment and conservation. He is currently the leader of the Westport Chamber of Commerce as well. He's also the founder of the Slice of Saugatuck Festival, which is going on strong for 10 years. And he can usually be counted upon to give us an educated, informed opinion about a lot of different legis- le- about a lot of different legislation that makes its way through Hartford and its impact on our local suburban communities. Matt Mandel, welcome to the show today. Hello. Hey, Lisa. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Well, it's uh, wonderful to talk with you. Let me ask you something. Wearing your many different yeah. hats, all of which I think are pointing in the right direction, uh, what do okay. you think about this fair share bill? Well, first of all, I want to thank Jonathan Steinberg because I heard him on Friday when he came out and you know said he was completely opposed to it, and he talked about it from a legislative you know aspect and what he's going to do, and I think that's the right thing is to oppose this this piece of legislation. I think what people need to understand is what it really is, you know, and spell it out. And if you give me a couple minutes, I can yes. explain the theory and why Please. I believe that this is a very dangerous piece of legislation. One, I consider it's shooting from the hip and trying to solve a problem and no one's saying that there isn't a problem with affordable housing. And I've worked on trying to create affordable housing in Westport and sat on two state committees trying to work on creating affordable housing. But this fair share bill is absolutely wrong for the entire state. Okay. And so tell, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Here's the theory. Anywhere from 80 to 130,000 units of affordable housing are needed in the state. This is by calculation by a number of people based on income, et cetera. So we have a problem. We need to try to figure it out. Yeah, I just want to say right there that there are a lot of people that dispute that number because they think it doesn't, it's not the right number, that the number should be really very much lower and that that number is coming from agendas with their own interests. But let's assume that we have a shortage of affordable housing. Correct. And and that's the point. I mean, we can we can discuss the numbers itself. We can discuss who's driving the numbers. I mean, is it developers who are driving these numbers so that they can on the other side of it? I can get into that in a second. But let's just put this thing in a nutshell so people understand what the law, what the legislation is. So let's say there's 100,000 units, a nice round number of, of units. The theory on this is, is that you go through the state 
and you'd look at all of the 169 towns and then you decide how much land they have, how wealthy they are, how what their infrastructure is to some extent, and how much affordable housing do they already have. And then they apportion the numbers out to each town as their, quote, fair share for doing affordable housing. So I'm from Westport. Let's talk about Westport specifically. So in this fair share number, it comes out to anywhere from 1,800 to 2,300 units of affordable housing that Westport would need to create. Let's call it 2,000. Let's stay in a nice round number. So 2,000 units of affordable housing. Currently, Westport has about 10,000 units. Altogether, of everybody that lives here. Wow. Yeah, there are 10,000 units of housing, multifamily housing, single-family housing, rental, ownership. It's about 10,000. So we're looking right there at 20% increase in the housing stock of the town. And this is supposed to be created on the town's dime. So if we look at if we needed to create 2,000 units and call it $400,000 you know, uh, each unit to create it, it comes out to about $800,000 that the town would have to spend to create this affordable housing. You mean $800 million or, and, or something, not 800000 uh, $800 million, excuse me, $800 million. <laughs> $800 million. So right. that's four times basically the budget of the town right. in the next 10 years. And if you do not meet the parameters of getting it in by a certain period of time, then the state comes in and says, okay, you haven't done it, and allows developers to come in and do it on their own. There so it is. let's say oh. instead of the town wanting to do it, and look, we're not even talking about the cost of the increase in schools, the cost of the increase in police, the infrastructure that would have to be done, the sewers that would have to be done. That's just to build the affordable housing. Right. Ultimately, we could be talking about $2 billion worth of stuff on just Westport alone. Throw in all the other towns in the state, you realize how much money would have to be spent. So let's say that the town says, well, we can't afford it. Westport might be able to, but let's say other towns can't. Then you have to come in with developers to say, okay, on an 80-20 inclusionary zoning, meaning that they would build, uh, uh, you know, 100 units, let's say, 80 units would be market rate, and 20 units would be affordable. If you use that math, it would mean that we would have to build 10,000 units of housing within 10 years to meet the fair share, basically taking the town of 10,000 units and doubling it. Westport would no longer be a town. I consider fair share to be a town killer in terms of this legislation. Ultimately, what it will do is undermine the entire financial aspect and the underpinnings of the economy of all the towns in the state to be able to do this. I'm so glad you explained it this way, Matt, because I haven't had it explained this way before on the show. Um, I would... Just like to say also, doesn't it, isn't it in a vacuum of sorts? Because Connecticut's had a population growth that's been relatively stable for the 33 years I've lived here. It doesn't really show any sign more or less of changing that much in either direction. It's, we're not having a huge outward migration or a huge inward, you know, emigra- immigration. So I, you know, so we're going to be building all of these market rates uh, and doubling the size of our housing stocks for who exactly? Who's coming? Well, that's saying. the question. I mean, I, I'm not sure that that, that, that is, is being looked at. Is the population there to do it? I, it it I may not be there, so. but there is, a, there is a drive for housing. I mean, if you look at Norwalk, Norwalk's built something like 4,000 unit, units of housing with a 10% inclusionary aspect of it. And you know, that has not met some of the demand, but it certainly hasn't created enough of affordable housing. 
I mean, part of this concept is to build all the housing to actually buckle the underlying value so that housing prices come down, rentals come down. I mean, so they're actively looking to, to harm the economic infrastructure in order to create more affordability in housing. I mean, that's sort of what the next piece of legislation by Desegregate Connecticut, the live, work, ride concept is, is, hey, we'll just densify and through the market, it will decrease the pricing. But they're not looking at, you know, the richer communities where the property values won't change at all. And people will just, developers will come in and just build. And so both these you know, bills, fair share and, and, you know, live, work, ride are all about creating density without Mm -hmm. understanding what impact that will have on the infrastructure. And it's very interesting because it's not like Connecticut has a very good history or current situation of looking at our more densely developed cities, because that by definition, densely developed communities are called cities. And if we look Mm -hmm. at our cities, they haven't been magnets for growth. They haven't been magnets for um, they haven't been magnets for young people to stay in our town and want to be there. With very few exceptions of occasional neighborhoods here and there, they haven't really been hip, attractive places. As opposed to Boston, for example, which has done an extraordinary job of continuing to be a magnet for people. Hartford and New Haven haven't done a really good job at all. They've done a terrible job. Terrible. Yeah. So where it sounds I mean, like we're, we're replicating a model, we're replicating a model, Matt Mandel, that hasn't we haven't figured out how to fix in Connecticut already. Well, you, you got the you got desirable places that people want to come to. So during the pandemic, Westport actually saw an increase of 700 new families come in in 2021 during the pandemic. There's something about the town that people wanted to be a part of. And so we actually had this, this greater pressure into the town to, because people wanted to live in a, in a you know, suburban community, in, in a, a single-family housing form of community. And that doesn't mean that we're not still trying to create affordable housing. Westport actually is on the forefront of doing it with you know, 20% inclusionary, which is one of the highest in the state. So if anybody wants to build multifamily housing, they have to build 20% affordability along with it. And that's our way of doing it and, and bearing our burden towards creating affordable housing and trying to solve the problem. But having the state come in from a top-down concept and say, okay, Westport, we don't care how well you've done. We're going to come in and now you have to build 2,000 units, which financially is impossible and infrastructure-wise is completely impossible. It, you know, it's no longer a town. And you know, from a few people that I've spoke to, they said, hey, if this law gets through, well, you know, I think maybe time to get out of here. And well, well what will problem, happen is if this law gets through or other laws get through like this, there will be a different kind of a rebellion. There'll be kind of um, what will happen is people will, you know, when people don't respect the law, they don't obey the law. We've seen this. I mean, I'm just speaking with sort of my lawyer Lisa hat on. And that's why I'm always really careful. And I always care very, very much about the laws that we pass, because if they don't pass with some underpinning of respect for them and commitment to them, they get ignored. They get ignored. They, 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 you know, they simply get nullified in the real world. People don't obey them. And that well, means, inter- you know, go ahead. Yeah. Well, the interesting in that is the only other state that has tried to do fair share is New Jersey, and it's become an abject failure. Mm-hmm. You've got 10, 10 towns that are actually suing the state over it, saying that this isn't creating affordable housing. And all it's doing is giving developers uh, the ability to run roughshod over zoning. 
allows them to to go into the state and and sue other municipalities in anticipation of being able to come in and build. And it's become an abject failure. And here in Connecticut, we've moved it out of the housing committee and into the legislature now. So leadership, the Democratic leadership has it. By the way, I'm a Democrat. So uh, and and Steinberg is a Democrat as well. And I'm glad of that because it's easier from within your own party to say, hey, you got a problem here and this is something wrong rather than the opposition. The Republicans being at the wind is not the same thing as Democrats inside leadership saying, hey, this isn't being well thought out and you need to make a change. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How many Democrats Democrats do you think agree with Jonathan Steinberg in Hartford? I would certainly hope the majority do. I, I, I would hope so. I don't know the numbers. I haven't gone around and polled these people, but you know that's what happens in the legislature. That's up to Steinberg and, and C.C. Marr, who also has come out opposed to it, who's our state senator. You know, for them to go around and make sure the leadership realizes that you bring it to the floor, it's going to be voted down. But here, here's the thing that I, I here's the thing I fear about is the idea once it's in the leadership and you've got people mulling around with this, what deals are going to be cut? How is it mm. going to be changed? And what could finally come to the floor? And then the public has no say. It's not like there's a public hearing process in the committees where we can talk about it. It comes to the floor in what fashion? We don't know. And I worry that, you know, some kind of piece of this will come through. What it is, bottom line, is that no one seems to care about the reality of whether or not this would work or not. They're just saying, hey, we have a problem and here's a way to fix it. This ain't the way to fix it. Okay, Matt Mandel, I know you wanted to talk pizza. Stay on the line, 203-333-9422. We'll take your comments and questions here on the Lisa Wexler Show, 203-333-9422. We'll be right back. Join the conversation. Give Lisa a call. 203-333-9422. It's the Lisa Wexler Show. Only on WICC 600 AM and 107.3 FM. Welcome back to the show. Joining us again, Matt Mandel, who has been with us since 1130. We've been talking about fair share. Matt, there's a question from Wendy from Westport. Wendy, go ahead, please. You're on the air with Matt Mandel. Hi, Matt. Hi, uh, Lisa. Um, One of the um, things that drives me crazy about about all of the issues that are being brought up lately is the siloization of concerns. So, yes, we are extremely concerned about affordable housing in um, 
Westport and in Connecticut. But what about the effects of this fair share plan uh, on the environment? So say you add 2,000 dwellings to Westport. That's what, 3,000 cars maybe? Mm, Uh, Not to mention um, how many trees will have to be uh, cut down, probably clear-cutting areas in order to do that, which makes for much more air pollution. Um, the cars don't just create air pollution, but they uh, create all kinds of hazardous runoff. Where's the water going to go? What's going to happen to the aquifer? What about the habitat for the animals? It just seems to me that um, you can't separate one issue from the other, especially when all of them are so important. So I definitely um, agree with with Matt Mandel about this whole plan. It's just really ill-conceived, and uh, I hope let me, let me, let me, let me, I'm, I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you brought that up because the environmental impact is, is crucial because part of the legislation says that if the town doesn't meet its, its parameters during that 10-year period, 10 period of time, that developers then can come in. And we all know about 830G and how predatory that is, but this makes that look like child's play. Because developers can then build on whatever they want to build on, essentially, in what we would consider to be environmentally um, sensitive areas or slopes that we don't think should be built on because of water. And they'll be able to come in and build multifamily developments on places that we wouldn't even think of building in the first place. So the environment is being thrown out the door. Exactly, Wendy. It's being thrown out the door in favor of this piece of legislation. That's why I'm saying it's the shoot from the hip. Now, a further aspect is is all the theory about global warming and sea rise. The, the idea here is that, and, and also with the transit-oriented development stuff, is let's densify all along the, 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 the corridor, the Metro North Corridor, along Fairfield County up into New Haven. But these are the exact areas that is predicted to be underwater soon. And actually, according to state's own maps, Westport's train station in 20 years could well be inaccessible at certain times during the day or certain times during the week. Now, is that really where we're supposed to be densifying? Is that where we're really we're supposed to be putting the people, especially people who won't have the financial wherewithal to get the hell out of there, leaving the state stuck with the funds to help these people, to help the infrastructure, to fix things that shouldn't be being built in the first place. So well, it's because the tail is wagging issues. the dog. It's because the tail is wagging the dog. It's because we have failed cities. It's because we have people. I mean, Jonathan Steinberg said this. He says there's an urban-suburban divide among the legislators themselves in Hartford where there's a resentment and there's an anger that they feel that the people that they represent haven't been given access to better schools and a better quality of life because we've had so many cities that have a higher crime population and a lower educational attainment than they should. And instead of focusing on that, on those people in the cities and that they deserve better, let's face it, they deserve a lot better. Instead, in a way, we're exporting. We're exporting a lot of that issue onto other towns and communities. Where is the Connecticut League of Conservation voters on this? Last year, they were completely silent. Where are the entrenched environmental interests within the Democratic Party on this? Where are they, Matt? I'm curious. Where are they? 
on I know save, save the Sound was coming out in favor of the transit-oriented development concept. And, you know, when you look back, it's like the, 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 the people who, you know, feel that the right thing should be done are often environmentalists as well as people who are looking for housing. And you, you get, you know, a group together that says, oh, this is the right thing to be doing, when if you really look at it and, and see the problem, and I was trying to get to Save the Sound saying, you, you realize that, you know, you're supposed to be protecting the sound and sea rise, and yet you're going to be putting density in the exact places it shouldn't be. And they're like, well, you know, we're supposed to have the housing. I said, well, why don't you start picking and choosing where it should be? I mean, maybe we're supposed to be densifying along the 84 corridor because that's the future of where it's going to be safer to be, you know, without the water. I mean, we're supposed to be moving ourselves gracefully away from the coastline. And yet all this legislation is just saying, hey, let's just put it here. Now, developers, they don't care. The developers are going to come in and say, hey, I'm going to build, I'm going to sell, I'm going to get the hell out of there before there are any of the problems. And those are the people who are basically backing this. And you get the strange bedfellows of the um, progressives who want to have this done sitting in bed with the developers who are looking to make a buck. And now you've got this strange cadre of folks together that are trying to push this through the legislation. And we have to be very wary of this. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Wendy, thank you very much for the call. So, Matt Mandel, I mean, you you are, you are a business leader in town as the as the leader of the Westport uh, Chamber of Commerce. Are, are the yeah. business interests in town are they at all organized about this one way or another? I I don't think that they really know what's happening at this point. I don't think I think they're 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 entrenched in trying to make sure that their businesses stay moving and running coming out of COVID. Uh, especially the restaurants and things like this. I don't think they see this coming. I'm not sure that they, you know, are aware of it. Um, you know, at some point we're going to have to start making people aware. You, you know, even though more people may mean more customers, if the infrastructure can't get them there, if the roads aren't there, then people aren't going to start avoiding these areas, and ultimately the businesses aren't going to uh, benefit from it. And the uh, whole idea of like, oh, we're going to create these walkable communities, but in the areas where they want to densify, there may not be the infrastructure or actually like the butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker being there so that it's a walkable business community. They still have to get in their cars and drive, which is what Wendy was talking about. Is Now you have more cars on the road moving around to get to all the different things that there are in these towns, which will become mini cities, really. Uh, we've got about one minute to wrap up, Matt Mandel. I know you wanted to talk pizza. I feel I would feel very well, bad if you got off the air today and didn't tell us about the pizza contest. What's well, the pizza? I, I, quick, quick thing. We're running the Great Westport Pizza Contest in Westport, where 15 venues are vying for who makes the best pizza. And what's really cool, and there are eight categories, what's really cool is the residents all get to vote online for who makes the best pizza. So the idea oh. of the, con- the contest, which we've run five different ones, we've run burgers and salads and, and soup contests before, is for people to go out, eat pizza, and then vote on who makes the pizza. It's not really a great competition. It's more of a grand promotion for all the restaurants. <laughs> now, while I still have you, I'm, yes. I'm also doing uh, another Supper and Soul, my dinner and concert series down in Westport. It's oh, May wonderful. 13th. It's the Johnny Folsom 4. They're phenomenal Johnny Cash recreation. Oh, and I love that. on sale today. Oh, oh I love great. that. I always have Johnny Cash. He's always in my kitchen. I love Johnny Cash. One of well, my then, favorites. Lisa, you got to come, you gotta come oh, to the show. You know, I so tickets are on sale today, Supper and Soul. Everything to learn about the pizza contest and Supper and Soul are at the Westport Western Chamber of Commerce. That's westportwesternchamber.com. Come to it. Read about it. Buy tickets. Eat pizza. There you go. There you go. 
westportwestonchamber.com and we can vote on the pizza. And you should come on the Absolutely. air once in a while when you have some free pizza to give away to my audience. They always would love some free pizza. Next time you come on, I have to well, make sure the, you come on goal, with coupons. The goal, is to, the goal is to have people come and buy the pizza. That's to help out the restaurants. It's not a freebie on their part. They're looking for people to come in. And you never know, you might find the new, the greatest pizza restaurant and make it your new favorite. That's the whole goal of this competition. Well, people are very uh, parochial about their pizza. They get very, you know, excited about their favorite pizza. They want to share with everyone. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm originally from the Bronx. I know what good pizza is, New York City style. I know who it is. I can't tell you on the phone, but uh, come out and find it yourself. <laughs> Matt Mandel, thanks for joining us. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 